0: of the world has been suffering the worst health crisis in living memory, Perth, Western Australia, famously the most isolated city on the planet, has so far remained relatively untouched by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm recording this in the middle of 2021, a year since our long lockdown, and with the vaccine now rolling out, I've been asking some of my neighbours to reflect on the last year and on how they see the future. My name is Penny Shaw, Welcome to Pandemic, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Times.
1: My name is Fran Lee. I'm an older person, over 70.
0: But actually, no, I'm 75. You're 75? Yes. Are you? And proud of it. You do not look
1: 75.
0: (laughs) You're retired, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, I retired at the end of 2016. I was over 70, but I just enjoyed my work. And I just suddenly got sick of going to work early in the morning and decided, right, now's the time.
0: And Fran, do you remember having a moment where you thought, oh my goodness, this is coming? Because we were all sort of aware of it in the background, but then I think for a lot of people there was like a sudden realisation that it's real, it's not just going to be something that happens to other people, it's actually going to come here.
1: I was in London. I was staying you know, Airbnb very close to my children and we talked about it Um, and there were a few cases in London and then there were a few more and then somebody in our building got COVID and we got notified but we didn't ever find out where that person was. I came home on the 8th of March and I think a week after that they started saying you must go into isolation if you've been overseas and it was all the talk then but still not that serious until sort of after I got home, and then it was just everybody, you know, that's all they ever talked about. I mean, my daughter-in-law is a bit more anxious. She was talking about it, but we really didn't take it because they were just the odd ones. We just didn't take it that seriously. Amazing when to think back now. I suppose Europe's got a much longer history than we have. Maybe we're more anxious about things that are outside our control, and London's been through so much. Outside you know. our
0: borders, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. yeah.
1: And London's had the bombing. This is just another thing. I mean, just before I went to London last year, there was the bombing on London Bridge. They've had that stuff all the time. So this was just another thing, I think.
0: Well, it certainly has been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Once we, that lockdown started, um, I had neighbours saying, I'll go out and buy you food, that kind of thing, which was really amazing because I hadn't, I mean, I can't get people to do that for me anyway because I don't know what food I want <laughs> until I get to the shop. Uh, but it, yes, from then on it was sort of shut down, lockdown, um, don't go out unless you absolutely have to. Yeah.
0: I mean, my next question is, how did the lockdown affect your work? But obviously, as a retired person, it wouldn't. But you live on your own, and I'm guessing it had effects on in other ways. Well, it's...
1: Um, I think... I wasn't particularly worried. I had had my house rented out for three months, so I had a, a, a room full of stuff to unpack, so I was well and truly occupied doing that. That was my clear-out time, actually, because I, th- I think I gave away five bags of clothes... <laughs> um
0: can you come to my house
1: <laughs> i'm not that good at doing De-clutter. it but i went, i did a Marie Kondo. everything got tried on oh, do yeah. i like it don't i does it spark joy yeah yeah yes so i had i that took me weeks to do because it was it took me weeks to pack up because mick said the house has to be empty apart from books and paintings and things it's a tremendous amount of stuff to get out of a box, out of a Oh, so you room.
0: Airbnb'd your house. Yes. So you'd moved all your personal stuff to one room, and then you yeah. had to move get it, it all back. Out. Yeah. So it's... that
1: occupied me. And I, I got really irritated by the people that bought everything out of the shop, so I thought, I'm just not going. I'm sure I won't starve. I just got really cross with people buying everything they could see in this shop. It was just unbelievable. So
0: you didn't go out as much, you just you just hunkered down?
1: And then the neighbours across the road, we got together and we had drinks outside on the pavement. I remember. People waving. <laughs> it was sort of like an adventure. Let's see what we can do when we're all locked up and can't do anything. Yes. Um, that's when Zoom meetings started. I'd always talk to my kids on, not FaceTime, whatever I do, Messenger, and... Um, so but it was fun doing all that stuff. And then how long in was it before you started singing? I don't know.
0: I don't know either. I think it was it was a few weeks mm. in because the reason I started doing it was my friend Harriet with Freeze Frame Opera was doing the serenading. Ah, so she'd already started right. doing that and I was booked to do one. But then we got locked down even further. More. more. Yeah, so we went from whatever it was, twenty people down to
1: of oh, five or something, five or something, or yeah, which is why left. I started yeah. doing the
0: singing so yes. that people could kind of hear it from a distance. Yes. Made it as loud as I possibly could. You did. It was pretty loud. But In actual fact, it was it was you and Ali who started because Jack went out for that drink and he said, "Why don't you sing something?" Oh, so that that's what? yeah. And he ah. said, oh, "Go and sing us a song because we'll hear you from here." So that's actually oh, you, you, you we two, sparked. the reason that started it. And then I did it once and you went, oh, do it again tomorrow. That and was thought, such fun. oh, all right then. I'll give it another go. Went on you for a long time. for 11 time.
1: weeks, wasn't it? Yes. I, remember, I think I remember <laughs> yes. seeing you count it down on the gate.
0: Oh, yeah, dear, 11 weeks. Yeah. I don't know. It's all a bit of a blur.
1: Yes. I don't know what I was
0: thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, South Remanda was a pretty good place to be. We were Oh, yes.
1: Active. Great fun. Um, and I did... While we were all in that lockdown, I did some units online as well. I did, edX does free courses online. So I did the economics unit and I did a um, justice unit and a, what else did I do? I did four. That was really good fun. I really enjoyed that. And it was something I hadn't even looked at before.
0: Had you still been at work? Oh, you said you renewed your registration? Well, the
1: registration, they sent out a registration before it ever really took off to say, we're going to renew your registration as a nurse practitioner uh, for another year because we might need extra feet on the ground if COVID takes off in WA. But it actually never did. I don't know what they would have offered me, but it would have been maybe there's phone things that could be done. They didn't explicitly say what there was to do they just said would you be willing to come and help if we need it but there was never a need so Mm. it didn't happen not yet not yet (laughs) no we still we still don't know because i think this is going to be with us for a very long time
0: would your family what's your sort of family history where would you lot have been or your great-grandparents or grandparents in the last pandemic and did you ever hear anything about it
1: I never heard anything about it but I was thinking about it today my mother was born in 1914 so she would have been four and my dad was only born that year and my dad was in the country I'm not quite sure where because he moved around quite a bit and my mother was in Adelaide but I never ever heard any talk of that, and I suppose that was because nothing really came up to remind people back then when my parents were, my mother's been dead since 94, mm. and my dad since 2003, and we'd never had anything like this before.
0: The Spanish Flu killed 20
1: million. Yes, yeah, a lot of people, isn't it? And did you know, it's only called Spanish because yes. they were the only ones that owned up to it.
0: Yes. Yeah, it didn't r- originate in Spain. No. It is, it's extraordinary to think that that many people, 20 million, one in 20 people at the time died of Spanish flu. And yet we've all, I guess we knew it happened, but perhaps it's just paled after the the wars maybe.
1: Yes, those people were absolutely shell-shocked after the war, yes, I'm doing a bit of um, help with the... Uh, museum at Fremantle Hospital because we got all of our old stuff there. We've got some pictures of nurses that looked after patients when the flu epidemic was on.
0: Well, there was a ship that left from Esperance to go off to the First World War, but by the time it got to South Africa, the war was over. So they refueled. Well, no.
1: Yeah, that's well, what, are they, what do that. What do ships do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: They restocked, and uh, the flu got on board the ship. Somehow, and then they came back to Fremantle and they were quarantined off Fremantle Harbour. That's right. And the sick people were rowed down to Woodman Point. A fair few of them died.
1: I would imagine, because there was really nothing to treat them with. I mean, it was before antibiotics, before anything, really.
0: So, anyway, you're fully Australian, are you? I think you're the first person I've.
1: Five generations. I'm a minority group. You are.
0: (laughs) Because we've had people from all over, but hardly anyone's been fully Australian. It's amazing
1: because I remember we used to belong to a jazz camping group and there was only three Australians in the whole group, about 20, 30 people. But my daughter's in Sydney and my son's in London and my sister is in Sydney and my brother's in Melbourne. I've got no relatives here at all. I'm alone. Um but I've got really good friends yeah. and pretend relatives.
0: And how did your family in England get on? Or how they, are they, they getting on?
1: They had a really torrid time. They've got two children. They live in a in a flat that's fairly big by UK standards. It's um, a three by two, um, but very central London near Bermondsey, near Tarbridge. Um, and they've got a son that's on the autism spectrum. so and he didn't, they didn't go to school for about eight months. Polly and Michael were just about around the twist, having to entertain them, and um, you weren't even allowed outside for a while, but then you were allowed outside for an hour, and trying to entertain children. I mean, luckily Polly's very creative and doesn't mind mess, so the kids had free reign to do all sorts of things, and did.
0: <laughs> yeah, bet you're glad you didn't get stuck there.
1: I just try to go for three months every year, just so I can spend time with the grandchildren. I might get them in the middle of next year, maybe. But it's, it's time you miss out when they're developing to build that relationship.
0: So do you see any silver linings?
1: Always, always. I'm glass half full. There was always good stuff that my study, catching up with friends, be talking on Zoom, I suppose keeping a closer eye on friends and watching out for friends, not spending so much money. I've seen so much of WA. I drove up to Carnarvon. I drove to the Wheatbelt. I'd never been to the Wheatbelt before. That was amazing. And I used to live in Carnarvon, so that was fabulous going up there again. I've been down to Albany. And then I had went with friends to go to through Yalgu and Kew, and I've never been there before, and I just loved it. That whole thing, I would never have gone. I would have been in the UK or Sydney, had we not had a lockdown. So it was fun, really good fun. I love that idea of going to Sydney and Melbourne and those places and seeing stuff, but to see your own state. And I remember somebody in one of the places that we stayed in, Meridon or somewhere like that, saying they're just so chuffed at the people who've come out, but they're also resentful that these people spend their money overseas. They don't ever think to spend it here. My next ambition is to drive across to Nullarbor next year. I just love the driving, and Mm. I love the wide expanse. Well, there's a lot of that. Yeah. And I'm so excited, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: nice silver linings for you. And what have you found the most difficult?
1: I mean, I suppose the thing is, not seeing my kids, not seeing my grandkids has been the most difficult, because... That connection with family. I went over to Adelaide recently, too, because Alison was there and caught up with them for five, six days. That was beautiful. Just lovely. Hold my, hold my children. That's what I miss. Because mm. children cuddles are, are much more special than any other. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. True. I know. Yeah.
1: Kids have just got to do their own thing. That's why you know people say to me, "Would you go and stay with your kids?" Never. They could uproot themselves any time and go somewhere. So, oh, you mean move to yeah, live? with move them. to live. With. People are doing that, going to live with their kids or near their kids. My friends are as important to me as my family. They've got yeah. their adventures to have.
0: Yes, yeah, you can't tag along.
1: No, God no.
0: Where do you think we'll be this time next year?
1: Now, what month is it? It's May. Oh, it's this May. this time next year, hopefully, I'm about to take off for a Lara Pinta trip that we're planning. <laughs> wow. And then after I've done that, I would love to be able to go to the UK. I really would.
0: And in terms of, so you've had your vaccine, I'm no. guessing. Oh, I
1: haven't. No, I haven't. Look, it's really fascinating. I, I did a lot of research and figured I wanted the Pfizer. So, And because I'm a volunteer at Fremantle Hospital, I was allowed to get the Pfizer, but I was going away and didn't want to get sick before I went away. So I didn't get it. And now I can't have it. And then, Why can't
0: you have it now? Cause because there isn't
1: any. There isn't any. And I didn't rush because I'm not going to be going away for a while. But then I feel now a bit more responsible that really I should have it. And then Norman Swan said his expert advice at the minute is have Astrazeneca first and then have Pfizer next time. Which heard that. so I think I'll just do it. I think I got bawled out by a friend last night. Just go and get it. So I will. So and I can get it for you. Yes. Yeah, so I am going. To, I'll do that next week. I could probably do it today because I'm on the. Vaccinate
0: WA thing. So this time next year, let's hope we are herd immunitated and the yes. borders are open.
1: Okay. And the borders are open. That's what Qantas is saying at the minute, isn't it? Twenty twenty two I think. I don't oh, know. look I'm not counting on it. We just don't know. I mean, I don't know how any of those countries are doing at the minute. I know they're doing far better with COVID injections than we are, but I don't know how they're doing with outbreaks.
0: Thanks so much for talking to me, Fran.
1: (laughs) That was fun. Nice to see you. Yes, nice to see you
0: too. I will be in touch once we know what I'm gonna do with this.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to Pandemic, produced and presented by me, Penny Shaw, original music by Finn Pearson, and supported by the City of Fremantle. If you'd like to hear more from me then check my website daisyproductions.com.au follow me on social media forward slash penny this is a neighbor to neighbor initiative